All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another Noel cast. This is, a, again, another one of our kind of instant reaction style. Hey, look, just too much went on over the weekend uh, in terms of significant amounts of recruiting news. Uh, we had to get back, put another podcast out for you guys, the listener. Uh, we are fond of doing these early in the morning. This is one of the earliest that we've done. Conversation started. Uh, I'll just put the, the first number was a five in it. Uh, Bud's got a little bit of a cold. I've got a little bit of a it's 555 in the morning thing in my throat. So if there's an extra sniffle cough or anything else in this podcast, uh, we apologize. But want to get out uh, what's a pretty exciting conversation, in my opinion, uh, to follow. So uh, lots of different things to look at. Florida State is now at least temporarily fifth in the country with 13 kids. They've done an absolute ton of work and uh, saw a lot of that work richly rewarded over the last 72 hours or so. So uh, we'll go through the commitments kind of chronologically, uh, give a opinion as to some of the prospects, uh, a lot of players that are still given consideration with the idea of some uh, rather news that may come pretty quickly from, uh, from the weekend as well. So lots of things to get to. Real quickly, we'll shout out longtime listener of the Nolcast, Hank Laboda. Uh, fantastic showing yesterday uh, at the Travelers. I believe he finished tied for fifth t5 so hank uh you know we are getting ever so closely to maybe a a null cast hat being worn during a uh, post-tournament conversation uh where you're the champion congratulations man that was a lot of fun to watch man like that's that's awesome i i, I texted him and obviously he was really happy and uh you know i, I was like what what does this do as far as you're you're staying on tour and he's like i i really haven't you know looked it up yet but it, it doesn't hurt right to, to have a have a T5. He's had a really good year and I'm, I'm so happy for Hank breaking through uh, and not breaking through on the tour, but you know, just obviously doing even better. Like this is going to be his best season. So I'm, I'm excited for him. Uh, That's awesome. Somebody who I think noted the excitement, by the way, should we, no, let, let's, let's save that Manny Diaz thing for just a second. Quickly here, Ingram, you want to hit the, the audience with a recap of how many, uh, how many commitments FSU has now, where they are, in the 24-7 sports composite rankings and, and whatnot? Yeah, so like I said a second ago, they are now up to fifth in the country, best uh, best class in the state, best class in the conference, uh, fifth in the country with 13 commits overall. Uh, just like I said, incredible amount of work over the last uh, month or so and an awful lot of that coming to fruition with probably some more news uh, soon to follow. So Florida State certainly has uh, the wind in its sails and – as we've been fond of pointing out uh, on this podcast for about three months now or so, they are going to have room to take kids and uh, they are probably going to uh, be the beneficiaries of a kind of a strange year to which Florida state has a lot of space and clarity as to what they could do with some of those uh, scholarships available where maybe other schools, the situation might be a little bit more muddy. Absolutely. Right. So uh, would you say they have momentum right now? I would say they, uh, <laughs> I would say they have some very real momentum, which for a program that won three games last year uh, is really quite remarkable. Really would quite. You say remarkable. that they. Uh, would you say that they're a high pressure outfit, or that <laughs> they uh, they might press a kid to try to commit? You know, maybe I, try to get some fake momentum. Yes, I am not on a site, but I I don't. Uh, uh, either through video or a one-on-one conversation that I've had uh, with people who are actually recruiting these kids, uh, I haven't uh, I haven't necessarily seen or heard of a landscape that would pair with a high-pressure outfit. No, I mean I, I think you know again what we've talked about is they've got space. They know they've got space uh, as far as scholarships to offer, and uh, they're green-lighting kids to to commit. I mean I, I don't I don't think this is a any kind of a, a high pressure situation. And, and, you know, but if, if you go three and six and had the traditional schedule been played or, or even the schedule that was laid out for you, very likely would have gone three and nine. Um, I, I don't know where a program like that finds its momentum other than in a situation like this right now. So, um, you know, I can, I could question as to if any June or July momentum is real. Uh, but I'd also question how someone would go, f- <laughs> go around classifying it as fake. So uh, that's a, that's an instant, uh, a rather interesting comment to make from the, uh, from the head coach down there in Coral Gamers. Yeah. Manny Diaz, I believe this was Saturday that he made, he made the quote uh, 
quote, we're not a high pressure out outfit. Uh, there's a lot of schools that kind of press a kid to try to commit. I think they're trying to get some fake momentum. Now, he wasn't speaking about FSU, obviously. Ingram. He was speaking about just in general, of course, for this cycle. And look, I actually like Manny Diaz. I think he's a really good dude. Uh, I think he's he's good for the game. There's a lot of fun, innovative stuff. But you nailed it. This program went three and six last year. They would have gone three and nine had the Clemson game and the Florida game and the other game not been canceled due to COVID and, and otherwise. I mean, let's just break this down. Do I think that they are pressuring kids to commit? No, I don't actually. In fact, some of the kids who committed this weekend have been silently committed to them for quite a while uh, and you know, just wanted to wait until the right time to make it official or basically take their official and uh, you know, go, go public with their commitment. Now, a lot of schools that kind of press a kid to try to commit. No, I, I don't think so. I think that they just are more willing to say yes and give the green light, as you said, than some other schools right now because FSU knows they have 25 to give if they want. They might have 20, like 26 if they can back count one if they don't end up filling that transfer spot. A lot of schools out there are like, hey, we might have 12. We might have 14. FSU's like, we got 26. You know, like they – they know what kids they like. They have put in a ton of work into this. And they're they're really they're they're trying to get the kids they like in the boat right now by saying, Yeah, you, you can commit. But I don't think that there was any really anybody that they put a ton of pressure on to commit. In fact, I think there are some kids who, if they had really, really pressured, might have committed on the visit, but they're not convinced that they will be the kid's last commitment because maybe the kid is a little too into the recruiting hype, right? Or too into kind of playing the game. And they are like, well, we don't want to fill a spot and then have our our, our depth chart look really, uh, really full up to other kids we're still recruiting and then have this other kid flip and make another final decision, right? So, yeah, I don't think you're really trying to press kids to commit. Um, they're not saying no to it. They're certainly green lighting. They are recruiting hard. I don't think they're like trying to get kids to commit who otherwise don't want to. Uh, now, Diaz continued, I think they're trying to get some fake momentum. There's nothing fake about the momentum. If he had said, I think that they are getting momentum that won't last through the fall, I agree. You know what? That momentum for FSU on a recruiting trail, it probably stops when you have lost five, lost six, lost seven, if that were to happen. Now, that does not mean that you have to give back all the kids who you got committed over the summer. What it probably means is you don't continue to pull crazy commitments down the stretch because the season has to happen. And if you've been out at these Mike Norvell football camps and you see some of the, some of the, the, the student counselors who are current players on the roster – you're like, oh, yeah, the season still has to happen. And these guys, they're, they're not impressive physically. You know, like they're mm, – this is what happens when you have two coaching changes in a two-year period. Or, you know, it's like that's just going to wreck your roster. That's why they have so many spots that they're trying to fill. Uh, but ultimately, if I was FSU, I really would not be doing much different at all than what they are doing right now because you don't – like you said, when the hell are you going to create momentum? In November, when, when when you might be, you know, four and five? Come on, man. Like, this is when you have to do it. And they have been waiting so damn long to meet these kids in person because it's a newer staff who didn't be able to, they weren't able to get on the road during COVID that finally be able to meet these guys, meet their families, host them on campus, show them all that FSU has to offer. That's exactly what they're looking to do here. And that's that's what they did this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, no, no school knows more about uh, getting a ton of kids committed and then watching uh, commit list dwindle down as the course of the season goes about uh, than does the use of a subject matter that they're certainly familiar with and a funny little quote to be issued during, um, you know, Miami's recruiting premier, uh, premier recruiting event, at least during this part of the calendar. So that's uh, harder to do, by the way, this year, I, I will say to host a premium recruiting event. Because 
technically you're not allowed to turn anybody down by instability rule. So when mm. the date gets out and as, as you host these things, uh, Florida ran into this, by the way, with Friday night lights, you know, but back mm-hmm. in the day, like it used to be a little thing. Right. Where they right. got the elite kids to come up with then, Like as more and more people started to find out about it every year, you're not allowed to turn anybody away legally. Like if you're hosting a camp, anybody who walks up is allowed to sign up. And then like the swamp would just get so packed. It sounded like paradise got, got pretty damn packed. And then of course the, the rain came, uh, Ultimately, FSU kept theirs quiet, the elite camp day. You know, like they didn't have a lot of a lot of media out there about that. It was the first time they were able to host camps, which is certainly helpful. And that, I mean, this staff is dog tired, I guarantee you, after, after hosting camps or, or visits pretty much every single day this month. You know, like they were just yeah, constant. I would say uh, they've been turning in some- Turning in some investment banker hours for about 30 days in a row now. So uh, solid, <laughs> solid month of June, gentlemen, uh, and and good luck moving forward. So who are the kids who have created this fake momentum? But uh, let's let's go and have a look. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of really talented, uh, fun prospects here on the list, but maybe none more intriguing or, or kind of exciting as to what the end product could look like. Uh, then the first kid that pops Friday evening, nice little video out on social media, if you haven't otherwise seen it. Uh, but uh, Trevion Williams, kid out of Mississippi, at least for the time being. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, I just listed him as an edge prospect here, bud. But, uh, man, if some of the, the dimensions that I'm hearing are accurate, then uh, this kid's, you know, a lot of, lot of excitement and justifiably so behind the commitment. Yeah, he, he will be a hand in the dirt defensive end. You know, pro- probably your your classic six technique. Uh, Trayvon Williams out of Crystal Springs, Mississippi. This guy's a freak. Um, they were on him. They got him into elite camp. He just did things at elite camp that even the other elite players didn't do. His physical strength is, and functional strength, is pretty much off the charts. They love the guy. I mean, he's already rated a, a top 300 player in the country on, on the composite six foot five ish two fifty six. That's I know he's listed as a linebacker on some sites. Ultimately I think he is he's going to be a defensive lineman. We, we use the edge de- designation basically for somebody who think like lighter four three defensive end or th- you know th- three four defense outside linebacker type. Somebody who's rushing the passer mm-hmm. but also is covering in space. And look, I will say that Trayvon Williams actually does cover in space right now. He plays quarterback and linebacker for his team in Mississippi, which is some of the the most fun film you'll see. Uh, But he is going to be 275 very quickly and will make his living, uh, assuming he stays healthy in the NFL, as somebody who has his hand in the dirt. Like This is a massive get for the Knowles. You, You get him, you get Hester. That's a really good defensive end class for where they're at. And then you're chasing the, the the mega studs in Jones Jr. and and Nigel Leak. You know if you're able to get one of those two, that's and and I know that they're in a pretty decent spot for those two. We'll we'll see. Like that's that's a long way to go. They have to continue to show that they're building and growing something. But man, if you could get one of those two, if you could get two of those two, that's you, your defensive end room is flipped right now. Uh, I know Trayvon Williams is still working and like learning as a football player. But he's another one of these guys I think would get get snaps on this roster right now, man. Like if he could just skip his senior year of high school. I, I and I guess we'll we'll see where he plays his senior year of high school. But that speaks to not only this roster and where it is right now, but also his ability. He is he stands above for me as far as the guys that FSU got this weekend to commit as as just being like really pretty damn impressive. So commits two and three uh, were Quayshon Sapp and Kanye, uh, Kanye Charlton. Kanye Charlton. Uh, Kanye Charlton, thank you. Um, so Sapp is a kid from Leesburg, Georgia, a program that we've certainly talked about a lot recently and, and are going to continue to have a little bit of an eye on. Uh, the higher rated of the two, I believe Sapp's a top 350 prospect. Uh, both of these kids, in my opinion, at least ultimately are, are guards. Uh, I'll get your opinion on that. 
Uh, Charlton, a little bit of a of a bigger body at the time being, although both of these kids are really large physically. Yeah, they both got to drop some pounds for sure. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a a way of putting it. Uh, Charlton, kid out of Brunswick, Georgia, over there in the southeast uh, corner of the state, uh, listed at I think three thirty two some places, depending on where you look. Hey, look, both of these kids are really nice pickups and solid uh, addressing of the interior of the offensive line. I knew Charlton is not as highly regarded, at least time being. I think on, he's a better prospect. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. I, okay. I really All do. Right. I mean, I think Sap I was interested is, in your take on this. Sap is physically impressive. Um, you know, Sap's just got to be a little bit more consistent uh, and has some things to work on. I think Charlton, I think the the upside is is significantly there. Yeah, I like to me with with, with Charlton, you, you see a guy who is, you know, he's too heavy right now, um, but extremely heavy hands, delivers the blow. I think he's got a lot of functional strength. He also has, I would term it like an athletic lower body. And I think he's a guy who, who really could be a multi-year starter for you, assuming that he gets the weight a little more in check. Um, you know, you never know how much additional quickness you're going to unlock. I think he's probably about 350 right now. So, if you get him down there in that kind of 325, 320 range, start start him on on the uh, the Eaton program right now. You know, like that could be a really big help for your offensive line. I think Sap is a good prospect as well. I just I I think Charlton actually is uh, is a little bit better. A lot of people haven't seen him though. I don't think he went to a lot of camps. Um, he actually was he went to their their junior day back in the day uh, before COVID. Mm-hmm. Like like early February of twenty, and then I don't really think he went very many other places. You know, he just he was extremely high on FSU. I, I think internally, and that they don't want to take things for granted, but they've basically considered him committed for quite a while. So it wasn't a surprise when he decided to do it. But he brought the family down there and and wanted to do it on his official visit. I I think they're extremely excited that they, they got two guards who they really like in this class. Um, and I'm sure there are some people who do like uh, like Sap more than they like Charlton. I'm not saying that it's a slam dunk that Charlton is better than Sap. I think you got to be really excited that you get both of them. Right? I just I don't think I, – I, I look at the, at the rating disparity between the two, and one's an 80, you know, a .84 on the composite. The other one's a .89, so that's the difference between – you know, being the number 350 prospect in the country and the number 1163 prospect in the country. And I, I don't see a, an 800 spot gap between these two personally, but man, Alex Atkins, he identified guys who he liked. We talked about finding as well. The, the guys who remember the sweet spot talk we had, like you need to fit guy, you need to find guys who can help this program who, who can help them immediately, but also help them down the line but who, if they have really nice senior seasons, are not going to get plucked by you know, Georgia or Bama or Clemson, right? You kind of need to fly under that under that radar, but low enough to where you're not crashing into the ground or, or high enough to where you're not crashing into the ground. And I feel like in these two, he's really done that. Like they, they are exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, they're, uh, they're good fits close enough uh, geographically that, uh, you know, you can continue to, develop the relationship and, and have a decent uh, degree of confidence. That these kids are ultimately uh, going to stay with you. Another kid who I think to an extent f- kind of fits into that description is the Bishop Thomas kid uh, currently out of Orlando, Florida, previously out of uh, New Orleans, out of Bishop Moore Catholic there in Orlando, uh, right around six to 300, according to, uh, to latest measurements, uh, solid prospect that has long been, uh, I guess, ultimately thought that he would probably end up uh, committing to Florida state sooner than later, but that pops. And, and uh, for the time being, Thomas became the uh, fourth commitment of the weekend. He did. Uh, this is a kid. I think we were, I don't know, man. I remember talking about him many months ago on the Noel cast. When I first heard they were, they were into him. We put the pieces together and I was like, I'm, I'm going to drop a crystal ball for this guy. Um, he's from, he, he went to the high school that, that Yak, David Johnson, the, the running back coach who recruits New Orleans for them, um, where he coached at previously. Then he went to Bishop Moore. We put on the tape. 
he's running around like Nile Lawrence Stample. Does a lot of fun stuff. They actually throw him some passes. So if you're into that, go check that out. I know Brendan Sinone had a really fun scouting report on him on Knowles 247. So be sure to go check that out. And just a fun film that, that I've liked. Here's another kid. Didn't take a lot of visits. Didn't go to a lot of camps. You use your connections and your knowledge to, to get in early with him. And uh, ultimately, I, I like he's their first D tackle in the class. Somebody who I know they're they're extremely excited about, man. And this is this is a good thing for the Knowles. I think he's a a really solid get, and somebody who Odell has to be really really happy to have. Absolutely. So those are the four uh, that are, I guess, official as of the time being. A lot of different kids who. Uh, came in had their visit and and uh you know maybe from the sounds of uh of what they said maybe you know nearing a commitment uh from their own um <clears throat> just going through their own process kid that immediately comes to the top of line uh top of mind when we think about maybe who may be the next pop is Antavius Woody kid that we've talked an awful lot about at a Lafayette Alabama uh, predominantly talked about as a defensive tackle but also uh, on like know, recruiting sites, but like FSU primarily on recruiting sites, tackle. but a lot of coaches talk more as an offense tackle. Yeah, exactly. Or as an, so, as an, at um, least as an offensive lineman. Uh, I, I heard some interesting things about him playing offensive tackle actually uh, this weekend. Uh, I was told he was actually the longest prospect that they had on campus this weekend, which is interesting hmm. because if you if you put them you know back to back, Sap and, and, and Kanaya are both a lot taller than Woody, uh, but his, his wingspan and length uh, is, is certainly uh, really impressive. I, I know they're, they're extremely excited about him. I, look, man, he, he might go, he might go public by the time that we, uh, we release this podcast. So like I, I, uh, I put in a crystal ball for him, I think Friday. And yeah, I, I expect him to be in the class personally. Now, we know that he has some work to do in the classroom to qualify. We spoke about that on last podcast and a couple of podcasts before that. They're going to take him. They, they believe in him. I think that this is the type of kid where if, you, if, you, if you're FSU and you're hoping to go six and six this year, if you get on, if, you, if he has the kind of senior season that you think he could have and he gets qualified and you wait to get in on him, you're probably not getting the prospect. Like he's somebody who I think Alex Atkins and, and Woodson and those guys, the investment that they've put into him really helps, right? And I think it's going to pay off. If you wait, you, know, you could lose him to like an LSU or somebody, but they didn't. They've shown they believed in him the entire time. That's how you get a guy like that when other schools are, are waiting and you're not waiting. Now he's got to do his work in the classroom and, and get qualified. But talent-wise, he's he's pretty damn good, man. I, I I know I know Rivals ranked him like really, I think inside the top 100 or something like that. I think I 108, know. something okay. like that, right on the periphery of it. But yeah, I mean that may be a little bit high for me, but athletically, he's he's got it. I, I think he also, by the way, does have the ability to play D, D tackle. And if he wanted to do that, um, or if Let's say he commits, gets on campus, and he sees there's more of an avenue for playing time on the defensive side of the ball, which is certainly possible. Uh, if you ended up with Bishop Thomas and Tay Woody as your two D tackles in this class, I think you're doing backflips because it's not like the D tackle board is good. You know, like who else do they have on there they they could really get? They're they're not going to get the kid from Arizona. Um, you know, like I guess Lions. But they're not going to take Dante Anderson with him. I don't like. I'm, I'm pretty doubtful that they would. This is another kid. I, I, I know we're. I don't want to speak about him as a commit until he goes public. But uh, ultimately, I know they're really excited about him as well. We'll travel back down to uh, the Albany, Georgia area, Leesburg. Talk about Jaron Willis. Interesting prospect. Interesting recruitment here. Um, I'll give you guys credit. I think you have him, uh, you being 247, has him somewhere around 228 or so. Other places have him, uh, I think, 209, 214. Evidently walking around somewhere around 235. 
uh, which is safety. very interesting for a prospect who sees himself <laughs> and is being sold as a safety. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, really talented player. I was, I was interested in reading some of the quotes that immediately followed his visit. Cause it, you know, I thought it was a, a rather easy sales pitch, you know, different programs, use different terms, different idea as to how they're going to use you, you know, convincing a kid he's a jumbo nickel shouldn't be a very hard thing for staff to do. So, um, you know, that appears Florida state appears to have made up some ground as far as, uh, <laughs> where this, uh, where this quote unquote safety, uh, sees himself playing football. Uh, I know he gave a quote saying he had some reconsidering to do or, or something like that. So, uh, nice prospect, talented prospect. Looks like Florida State has made up some ground on Georgia Tech there. Uh, you know, maybe in the next week or 10 days, we have a little bit better idea as to where this recruitment is. But, uh, you know, it seems to be narrowing down to two schools pretty rapidly. I, I have a lot to say about this one. But first, I, w- I want to give a shout out to Legendary Home Loans. Shannon and Chad, I know, were texting me all, all weekend you know, about what I was hearing. So they kind of got the, the pre-version of, of this. 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. They did my home loan. They did my refi. They did 160-plus of NOLCAST listeners' loans recently, and we can't be happier to work with them and continue to partner with the legendary team. So give them a shout, 844-FSU-LOAN. It's a really competitive housing market right now, if you guys haven't noticed, and you want somebody who can give you the quick turnaround on that pre-approval, be with you every step of the way, and they'll do that for you. So 844-FSU-LOAN. With that, so Willis, I think you nailed it. Ultimately, if I'm this staff, I'm a little bit, I don't know, concerned in a couple ways. Number one, if he wants to commit, you want to make sure that he's it's his final commitment, right? He's a guy who I think surprised people by committing to Georgia Tech when he did. And there's no prize for second place there's no prize for getting a kid to commit in the summer who will later flip. So you only want to take Willis's commitment if you're sure he's ready to shut it down. And if you're sure that he's ready to play linebacker for you and that this idea of him playing safety is gone. They like Willis's film a lot. I know that for a fact. I'm just saying if if I'm this staff, I want to be damn sure that he's actually all in and not just, um, you know, really into the recruiting game. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to, you know, keep being recruited, FSU will continue to recruit you, no doubt. But you want to – you see where I'm going with that? Like, Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I, I think you're you're absolutely right about that. You know, you don't have any interest in being uh, being a part of what the old great Jeff Cameron used to say, the re-de-re, uh, where a kid bounces back and forth uh, between uh, places and – um, I don't look, everybody wants to play a position, right? And so I'm not knocking a kid, but if you, if you haven't, if you're a rising senior and you're stepping on a scale at 236 pounds or whatever else, and he may be like 231, but like, he's not 209. He's not 212. Like I, right. I think he's legitimately 230 plus. Then I, you know, I want you to play football for me. We're going to continue to recruit you but I, I need you to have a uh, realistic understanding as to, you know, where you're going to play. Doesn't mean that we're not going to use you in space. Doesn't mean that we don't think you're a great athlete, whatever else, but um, come on, man. I mean, that's just where and how the game's played. Uh, and we want to make sure that we're recruiting you in a place that you're ultimately going to be happy and, and uh, excited about playing. So there's also the transfer right. portal element of this, right? Like it's harder now to take kids who have the mindset that they're, they're a position that they're not and then try to convince mm-hmm. them to move yep. because if they're still into this, I'm a this, I'm a that, my, and I'm not saying Willis is. I'm just saying in general here, right, in general, it's harder to do that now if the kid is not at least somewhat bought into that idea. And I think he actually is bought into that idea now. I think he understands what his role would be with the Knowles uh, if he were to make that flip. But like that's a consideration, I guarantee you, because like some of these kids who don't have realistic expectations about themselves and who really hold themselves in, in high esteem as far as playing a certain position used to be, yeah, where, where the hell are you going to go? You're going to go sit out a year? No. So you're going to flip this position we want you to flip to. Nowadays, you have to be a little more upfront with these conversations, right? And 
because otherwise the kid's going to hit the portal. He's going to go somewhere and play immediately because somebody will tell him he could play something else. I, I think they're still in on him. If you take him and he's not solid, then you fill two of your three potential linebacker spots. And now your room looks a little bit more crowded to a guy like a Wesley Besaint, who I think is is the best linebacker they're recruiting, or you know, maybe an EJ Lightsey or Demario Tolan, two guys who you know I think are are better prospects, to be frank. I could still see Jerron Wills in this class. I'm just I'm not I'm not totally convinced it happens anytime soon. Maybe I'll be wrong on that. I could be. We'll move out to, uh, to Texas, uh, out to Duncanville, the two high school uh, teammates that we've talked about, the Drill Powers kid, uh, kind of a wide receiver, tight end type prospect. Interesting uh, <laughs> interesting scattering of his weight on the internet as well. Uh, evidently closer to kind of the high 230s uh, where he currently is. You can look out there and see him in you know, 202 at one site. Uh, and then his, his teammate, uh, Jalen Early, uh, very much kind of an offensive tackle prospect around 6'5", 300. Uh, you know, Powers, it, it certainly seems as though they've uh, had a lot of success there and, and maybe kind of approaching a, a commitment for him as well. At least that was my takeaway from some of the things I read and heard from the weekend. I'll let you, uh, you know, give me an opinion as to whether or not you find that to be the case. And uh, look, these, you know, I also want to circle back to the idea uh, that we talked about a week ago or so and, and get your opinion as to if these are an individual recruitment or if ultimately uh, you're, you're looking at a package deal here. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it, I would feel pretty good if I had crystal balls in on these two right now. Powers is a, a tight end prospect. They like a lot. We know that this tight end room right now in Tallahassee is not good, right? Cam McDonald's fine. He's not a special player and he isn't going to be around forever. You have two walk-ons who are scholarshiped right now, I believe, and they're not FSU quality players. You got a Juco you brought in to help with blocking. They need to take some tight ends. They want to use tight ends more in this offense. They are recruiting Jaleel Skinner, even though I believe he is a tight end long-term. They're recruiting him as a receiver, and that's kind of what he wants to hear. They do have a decent track record of using – you know, kind of jumbo receivers. Josh Burrell, who's currently on the roster, by the way, looks like a tight end, mm-hmm. uh, or at least like like a flex tight end. And I, I think that if you're going to recruit Skinner as a receiver, I know this is kind of a tangent, his role will look similar to what Josh Burrell's role looks like this year. You know, somebody who does have to block, but is going to be able to go up and, and catch the ball some. You know, be a, be a guy who's allow, who allows you to run the ball well out of three receiver sets. Etc. But Powers, they think, is very athletic. The size, I think, actually surprised FSU when they got him on campus, and and that he was that big. And they're uh, they're very in, into him. I, I think he will. Uh, well, he's he's committing somewhere on July second. I think that somewhere will be Tallahassee. Uh, with with Jalen, you know, I, I think there's a possibility as well that, that he comes to Tallahassee. I'm not quite as convinced that he's an offensive tackle prospect, and that's going to be an interesting conversation to have here. And, hell, maybe we have it. Let, let's say that Woody commits today or tomorrow, and then on the 15th, when, when Jalen goes, that he also commits. So you have those two. You have Quayshon Sapp. You have Kanai Charlton. And you have Alu Ba. That's five, right? And then you still have Elijah Pritchett. Julian Armella and Dr. Richardson, who I feel great about, by the way, I actually increased my confidence rating. Yeah, well, oh, sorry. Yeah, I wanted to circle that. I wanted to ask you about that. I did see that. I don't, I did. I, uh, I don't necessarily hover over crystal balls, but I, I did see that yours moved. What from a, was it a four it to an eight or a five? Yeah, eight? four, eight or five to an eight. I, I just, I, I feel, uh, I feel better about my, my crystal ball with Richardson following the Miami visit. Okay. Well, that's a good, uh, that's a good combination. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in theory, could you ultimately end up with eight guys committed right now on the offensive line in a couple months? It's possible. How would that shake out? Because we know FSU realistically wants to take six offensive linemen, which is a big number anyway. You have to figure out 
how this will work. And here's how I think, I think it will work. I could be wrong on this. We'll see. Number one, the main thing you are selling right now is playing time, right? You're not selling great history of offensive line tradition at FSU, not in recent memory. You are not selling a great history of development, even though I think Atkins is a good offensive line coach, right? And he has put some guys in the NFL at prior stops. He's not like one of these famous offensive line gurus who puts everybody in, into the league. You are primarily selling playing time, playing time, playing time, and the relationship with Atkins, a guy who puts in the work, who really seems to care about his players, and connects with guys early and often. Guys who, who care about the playing time are depth chart watchers, typically, right? And they are going to look, and they're going to say, wait a second, there are seven guys or eight guys committed on the offensive line for this class. And I think naturally, some dudes will drop because they could read the room and they could say, what, what are my odds of actually playing? That's how you get back down to six. If you have to squeeze it in, you know, maybe you list Woody as, as a defensive tackle or something like that. But I don't think they're worried about, about this right now. I think they're just going to take, and then the guys who don't want to compete to come in and compete will drop. They'll, they'll let kind of the selection process figure itself out. I, I also don't think it's super likely that you, that you end up with the trio of Pritchett, Armella, Richardson. I think two of those is possible. I don't think three is, is super likely though. So just kind of my opinion on that, but I know some people had asked how, how many offensive linemen are they going to take? I think they want to take six. With Woody, could you take seven? I could see it. They're not going to take eight. That would be a that would be addressing concern with numbers, certainly, uh, and would uh, you know? Be, I, I actually do quite think the turnaround. I think if they got up to eight, by the way, it would actually be a really good thing because you could sort of do your transfer portal before. Yeah. the actual transfer portal yeah. happens. Like you could Pretty figure out which kid really doesn't want to compete and which one yeah. you know, is super in on the playing time. A little, uh, little pre-portal filter there uh, based off your class alone. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. And, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see. And the idea that this program is uh, is stocking up on uh, significant offensive line talent is something that I don't think is going to bother any of our listeners and uh, would be an interesting process to see how it sorts itself out. Um, so before we move on to the next prospect, uh, I will thank our friends at both Madison Social and Congruity. You know, this is, like we said, kind of an instant reaction style podcast here. Uh, so the ad reads are a little bit shortened, but Congruity has been uh, nothing but fantastic for us, nothing but fantastic uh, for some of our partners. Matt Lewis, great teammate, uh, can be reached at 844-247-4100 or Knowles at Congruity HR. Uh, Madison Social is the sponsor that almost doesn't need an ad read at this point. Uh, they have just become synonymous with our podcast and we're ever so fortunate. So Madso Township, um, just two great options right there. The Charlie Park uh, edition is something that we're ever so excited about. Uh, and they continue to be great supporters of the Nolcast. And we ask that you support them in any way possible. All right, Andre Green Jr., bud, prospect out of the St. Christopher School in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, that caught my eye as uh, my dad uh, went to school there and played wide receiver. And depending on how many scotches he's had, we'll tell you he's the best wide receiver in program history. <laughs> so uh, I'm <laughs> eager. Andre Green would, uh, would, would, yeah. would take, take exception to that. I eagerly await sending him video of Green uh, and asking him as to whether or not he thinks uh, this is somebody that he would have had in his day. But no, uh, really interesting prospect getting recruited by some pretty pretty large national names there, Oklahoma, Penn State, maybe even Clemson getting involved. And if Clemson is recruiting a wide receiver, that's a, that's a position that they've done all right in evaluating and developing recently. So um, Florida State certainly seems to have made a really strong impression with Green. Uh, give us your opinion kind of as to where the recruitment sits currently. I, I asked around about this. Um, I do not think that FSU is the leader here, but you know, Oklahoma is probably the school – to watch also Penn state does a nice job in that area. So those are kind of two, obviously Clemson, if Clemson goes, you know, all in on him is somebody to watch, but they, 
they have a relatively small wide receiver board this year, and uh, it's you know Mortimer, Skinner, to the extent that he's a receiver, Kevin Coleman, and then Andre Green, and then also Gibson. They're probably going to take two receivers, maybe three. It's not a good year for receivers, especially in the state, especially for the ones that FSU can can actually pull. Uh, man, this kid's a pretty damn good player. And they made a good impression on him. But he's not one of those guys, like you talk to the staff, he's not one of these dudes that FSU's coaches think are going to pop to Tallahassee in a week or two. They're, they're going to have to keep fighting. I I guess here's where the bud pessimism comes in. I, I don't see this one happening. But – it's possible they got him in for the visit. Uh, can we circle back to something, by the way? I, I circle back, circle back. Uh, I know Matt Thompson was extremely impressed by the branding of the weekend, call, calling it Big Man Weekend, sort of unofficial. You know, like there wasn't a lot of graphics going out about that. But I, I talked to somebody over there, and it was like, how, how did that work out for you guys? Because it, sometimes it can backfire when you bring in that many guys at one position on a visit. Um, but I was told it actually worked out really well and they didn't know how it was going to work out. It was kind of one of the things they were watching all these big men coming on campus together. They, they really got along pretty well and they weren't, it wasn't, Oh man, he plays my position. He plays my position. You know, where, where are the spots? Um, did that make some guys more, uh, more into it to go public early possibly, but yeah, the, the, the big man weekend thing seemed to work out pretty well for them. Yeah, no, it did. And and Matt, who's uh, you know, not uh not a stranger to marketing, uh certainly certainly loved the way that that played out and uh certainly love our sponsors, but I, I love some of the texts that we get from them, maybe even more. Some of this stuff uh, plays out in real time. And Matt is uh as large as a Florida State fan as there is. So uh let's let's circle back, bud, as you pointed out all the way to four or five days ago, which almost feels like a month ago at this point. Uh, Jalen Glover is another prospect that was recently on campus, a kid that we've talked a ton about, uh, uh, interesting prospect there out of uh, – Lake Gibson. He's at the Lakeland area, or Lake Gibson. Yeah. Yep. So, which is the Lakeland um, area, yeah. Yeah, interesting kid. We've, we've talked about a, a lot of his uh, dimensions, kind of a shorter, uh, kind of a squatty kid around five, six or so. Uh, a guy that, you know, Florida State continues to uh, pursue, maybe get more comfortable with. And this sounds like it's headed in a, a general positive direction for Florida State. But where do you think they stand with the with a running back prospect uh, looking back after his visit maybe a week or so now? I mean, I'm I'm thinking about dropping in a pick for him. Um, I know they they like him. I'm not. I just, I'll, be, I'll be frank with you guys. He's not a bad player. I'm not convinced that. Uh, that he's a major upgrade over what you already have on the roster, but they love him as a person, as, as a guy who, who will be good for their roster. Uh, I think he's a really smart kid. I think he's a hard worker, somebody who adds to the running back room, you know, physically I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not blown away. Right. I, I I'm not going to all of a sudden change my tune because now I think they're going to take him that all. Oh, I, I, I think the kid's amazing. Um, uh, I think he's a good football player. Could he be better than what they have on their roster? It's possible. I'm not like 100% convinced of that. But they like him a lot. I know the visit went well. He also went out there and saw Utah. We'll we'll see what happens here, but it would not shock me if uh, if Jalen Glover jumps in the boat or excuse me, jumps in the boat. Yeah. By the way, he is a yeah, uh, what's he rated? 532 in the country, I guess. We ha- we have him on twenty four seven sports as the number uh, number sixty four running back. Uh, I know the composite has as the number forty two. So somebody out there likes him a lot more than we do. Uh, I'm I'm more in line with, with the eighty six, you know. But uh, they feel like they need to take another back in, in addition to Rodney Hill. Another prospect that was on campus relatively recently, I believe this is about a week ago or so, uh, Dalen Everett kid, really interesting uh, prospect out of the IMG Academy, originally from uh, from the Virginia Beach area, if I'm correct, but uh, if I'm incorrect on that, please. Uh, no, you're right. Let me know. But uh, that's a, you know, look, a, 
Uh, I believe you guys have him as the fourth rated cornerback prospect in the country. So certainly a, a really kind of highly thought of prospect 22 uh, overall a kid that uh, a, another kid of Florida state was able to get, they would really be looking at putting, you know, not just an elite defensive back class for this year, but really one of the better classes that they probably signed in a decade or so. Uh, so like I said, I believe he was on campus as of about a week ago. So uh, looking back on it, a little bit of the post-visit hype uh, at this point is probably worn off. Where do you think Florida state stands with Everett at this point in time? You know, he's a kid who, I think is is a, a bit of a long shot, uh, but they're they're recruiting board right now for that third and final defensive back spot, and, and I do believe they just want to take three. Uh, the recruiting board for that third and final spot is pretty pretty tight. They they have a real high standard for it. I, it would not shock me, by the way, if they don't get a real elite prospect there mm-hmm. that they end up just taking two. You know, yeah, I, I was going to say it's tight and pretty aspirational. I mean, they have that's a good way have. to put that. They are shooting, uh, aiming very high when it comes to the third edition, whether it be an Everett, whether it be a, a situation where they get real fortunate and a little junior type of prospect falls to them. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, it is. Uh, that's that's not a, a place where I think they're just going to offer a ship to, you know, have some filler or anything else. Uh, so it will, will be interesting to watch and see what they ultimately do with that third, uh, you know, a third place there. In the, he's a defensive back. He's taken official visits now to FSU, uh, to, to UNC over the weekend, and then also to, to Georgia. So that means he has two left. Uh, we know that Clemson is pretty interested in him. Clemson has done a good job with him. But, look, how is his timeline going to match up? Clemson really does not do summer official visits. They're just not into it. Uh, it's an interesting strategy by them. It's hard for me to knock Clemson's recruiting at all. Uh, but you know, like there's some kids who I thought Clemson was going to get two, three months ago, who now I, I don't think they're going to get like Travis Shaw, the, the big time defensive tackle. In some cases, not taking it, not, not doing the summer stuff can hurt you. Now, my guess is he'll take one there in the fall, uh, which Clemson has a great atmosphere. They do a really good job on those. I mean, obviously they, you know, they, they routinely get top five, top seven type classes, nail quarterback and and maintain a great culture as far as not taking problem kids. Uh, so it's basically like a top seven class that, that's curated almost like a top four class. They, they do a great job there. But I mean, I think FSU has done all, all it can to be in this recruitment. But he's also a, a top 40 player in the country. Realistically, I'm not thinking that he's going to uh, – He's going to come to FSU right now, but I think there's a, there's a chance, a, a chance, not, not a great chance, but, but a chance, um, you know, maybe, maybe he'll make the move. Speaking of move, by the way, did we cover this? The, uh, the potential for, for Travion Williams to uh, maybe play uh, with Travis Hunter over at Collins Hill. Uh, we didn't. It's funny. I just pulled <clears throat> Hunter's bio up here. That is uh that is certainly being discussed and yeah there's some legs to that i I was told like i asked i said is this real and they said it's not done uh but it's not totally bs yeah yeah collins hill for a school that's not a traditional football powerhouse over there in gwinnett county is uh has quite the roster and if uh if williams joins them that will only be (laughs) only be uh all the more a significant addition so uh they play real high quality ball uh, there in Gwinnett County, uh, not saying that he doesn't have good competition in Mississippi, he certainly does, but uh, that'll be, you know, even more of a uh, an idea as to the type of prospect Williams is, and um, it it'd be good for him to get moved there. It also, you know, not as though a kid that's committed to Florida State's going to fly under the radar, but he will be uh, under that much more of a spotlight when it when it comes to other large programs seeing him and and maybe having a little bit of access to him. So four commits out of the weekend. Woody, I, I think there's a pretty decent chance Woody goes to there tomorrow. Um, Powers on July 2nd. I'm feeling good there. Jalen Early on July 15th. I still feel pretty good there. You know, we'll see what happens when the visit high wears off. I mean, they could be, you know, halfway done with their class. 
well, well over halfway done with their class, you know, 16 out of 25 ish by mid July. Fake momentum. That's what that is, bud. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, like it's just a weird word choice. If he had said momentum that won't last, I'd have a hard time disagreeing with him because I like, I don't think they're going to be picking up the, a whole lot of momentum in November, but they could, I guess, uh, getting these kids in the boat right now, get, getting the ones who who want to buy in before the wins come is certainly, uh, is certainly big. And I don't think that they're being unrealistic in what they're telling kids about this season. You know, they're, they're able to tell them, look, this is the first time we're really to have an off season. We're able to have an off season with these guys. Cause we got here and a couple months later, COVID shut everything down. You know, it's, it's a big deal to be able to finally work with our team. This is really kind of our year one. And, and in many ways, they're not wrong. So we'll have to see what happens. But a, a really good recruiting weekend for the Knowles. I know a lot of the coaches out there are excited about getting uh, getting some more sleep and uh, probably taking a couple weeks vacation before they have, um, you know, kind of a, a second round of, of camps. Everybody in late July, this is going to be interesting to watch if we want to spin this forward. All these schools out there, or most of them at least, are going to be trying to have some sort of little elite camp period in the uh, third or fourth week of July, like a Friday Night Lights or I guess Miami already had Paradise, but uh, basically just trying to get in some of their top targets one more time before fall camp starts for high schools and for colleges. And, And that'll give us even more indication on where the Knowles stand with some of their top prospects because there are likely going to be other camps on those days. And like we say, follow the visits, right? Which camps do the prospects actually make it to? So far, FSU has not had a whole lot of times this year, and this is a good sign, something we monitor. The transportation has not fallen through, right? Got to see if the transportation is still uh, still good, have good infrastructure, and we'll be monitoring that down the stretch. Absolutely. Pair, pair that high energy level with uh, attention to detail and infrastructure. And uh, you've got a class that can, or you've got a staff that can do some things on the recruiting trail. And that very much appears to be what we're watching. So um, as we sign off, just as we couldn't have a podcast without mentioning Travis Hunter, uh, we can't have one where we don't thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana, and the good people at Tarpon Cellars. So Louisiana hot sauce, Tarpon Cellars wine, quite the tag team. Uh, that provide great leadership for the Noel cast and bud this is this has been fun man I mean I th- hopefully this has come off pretty well when we when we started talking this morning it sounded very much like two guys that woke up at 5 30 in the morning on Monday but uh, hopefully this translates well to our listeners really excited uh, to watch the class that Florida State's putting together and uh, this weekend was certainly a a large step forward in uh, in putting what uh, you know kind of needs to be and and very much looks like it has a chance to be a a very real transformational class for Florida State. So uh, we'll, we'll be back hopefully later on this week with another Noel cast. But like I said, wanted to get something out to you first of uh, this week. And uh, as always, thank you so much. And uh, for now, this will be the Noel cast. <laughs>